Well, it's good to be worshiping with you this morning. Um, be able to uh, worship with you and hear God's word together. <clears throat> our scripture for us this morning, our message for us this morning, comes to us from Proverbs 15, verses 1 to 7. That should be on page 522 of your pew Bibles you'd like to read along. Proverbs 15, verses 1 to 7. We hear these words. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth's, mouth of the fool gushes folly. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. A fool spurns a parent's discipline, but whoever heeds correction shows prudence. The house of the righteous contains great treasure, but the income of the wicked brings ruin. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, but the hearts of fools are not upright. Thus far, the hearing of God's word for us may have blessing upon it this morning. Words. 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 What were the words that you spoke this morning before coming to church? What were the words that you spoke to your loved ones and family members before coming to church? Were they words of love or words of judgment? Were they words of frustration or words of life? Have you ever had it where you're running late to church and you're trying to get ready? Come on, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Come on, let's get going. Into the car. Into the car. No, you can't wear your princess dress to church. No, you can't do that. Let's get going to the car. Come on. And then you're driving to church and you're driving and the person on your right is going too slow and the person behind you is going too fast and you're muttering words. What words might you mutter about them? And you are just frazzled and you're speaking words of frustration in the car and you get to church and somebody asks you how you're doing. Oh, I'm blessed. Words. 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 They're, they're, they're interesting. They can bring life or, or they can cut to the bone. Words can be sweet coming out of your mouth and sour when you have to eat them. Words cause us to put our foot in our own mouths. Words. 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 They, they, they can help us grow strong together in the face or the faith or they can break us apart. How do you use your words? This morning, we're, we're looking at how we strive to live wisely when we speak words of life to one another. And speaking words of life each day, we begin to show the message of Jesus in what we say. I always say that words are important. Words are important. You ever hear the saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? I remember uh, back when I was in grade school, Oh, so long ago. And uh, when I was in grade school and, and picked on the playground, I wasn't really high in the social ladder. It's amazing, I know. But still, and, and I'd hear being picked on, and I was told to say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Those words cut deep, and they hurt. But I also remember the wise words of my grandmother, where she used to tell me, God don't make no junk. Or the wise words of five men who discipled me in the faith and their wisdom that stayed with me to this day. Words. Words are important. 
and words can be used badly or lovingly. Let's look at how they're used badly. Let's look at how they're used badly. I, I've learned... I've learned not to read the comment section in articles online. Even the feel-good stories, even the Christian articles online, you just, you don't read them. They're nasty. They get mean. And, and there's also a saying on the internet, on the interwebs, on cyberspace, don't feed the trolls. Now, a troll is somebody who goes through comment sections and articles or goes on Twitter, and they like to make fun of other people. They like to hurt people with their words, and they do it for fun. They actually go out of the way to hurt people and to make fun of them for fun. And it's amazing how our words on the Internet, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, how they can have an impact and hurt people. But to tell the truth, we can do it face-to-face -face in real life as well. It's easy to do on the internet, but it's also easy to do in person. And we start up a conversation using words badly that's called a harsh startup. It's important to note that a harsh startup causes wounds in others. A harsh startup is when you come up to someone and say something like, You never take out the trash. How come you didn't fill up the car when you were done using it? What is your malfunction? Okay, that one's really mean. But still, a harsh startup is when you come in with mean words, and you begin with a harsh statement. And the conversation begins harshly, and it can lead to a fight and eventually wounds that, that might not heal for a long time. We look at our passage, what it says about harsh startups. Verse 1, a harsh word stirs up anger. Verse 4, a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. These verses are about speaking harsh words to someone. These harsh words lead to harsh arguments. When somebody comes into a conversation with both guns blazing with a harsh startup, it gives us into this fight or flight mode where we want to get defensive and attack back. We want to run away and avoid the person. When we use badly, our words hurt. When we use the wrong way, they can cut to the bone and do damage. James says that the words or the tongue can set a whole forest on fire. And James also says this, and I'm going to need your help reading the underlying parts. The tongue, a world of evil among the parts of the body, Sets the whole course of one's life on fire in itself is set on fire by hell. Dude, harsh, but true. James also, uh, you know, we, we look at this, and words are powerful and can destroy when used badly. And James also points out that with our words, we can praise God and curse somebody else at the same time. That we could serve God with our words and tear somebody else down at the same time. And in doing so, we can be a negative witness for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our words can, can not only hurt someone, but as a follower of Jesus Christ, our words can hurt somebody for almost eternity by what we say and how we say it. Words can be used badly, can push someone away who needs to hear words of love and life instead. But the words hurt, and there's pain. Words are so powerful that when used badly, they hurt. 
hurt so bad that they can be a fire that scorches the soul of somebody for years to come. So what about when words are used lovingly? When words are used lovingly. Words can build others up as much as they can tear down. When words are used lovingly, they, they, they can encourage, they can help, they can bring healing and love. When words are used lovingly, they can do marvelous things. Let's go back to our passage. We see in verse 1, a gentle answer churns away wrath. Verse 4, the soothing tongue is a tree of life. Verse 7, the lips of the wise spread knowledge. Words here are used lovingly. A gentle answer is an image of a tender answer, a comfortable answer, an answer that brings hospitality to the one hearing it. And a soothing tongue are, are, is the tree of life. One commentator pointed out that the phrase tree of life only really appears a couple times in the Old Testament. And the first time it appears is in Genesis 2 in the Garden of Eden, where God places the tree of life in the middle of the garden. When we speak words that are soothing, we bring the peace that is supposed to be like the Garden of Eden to other people. We bring the peace to other people the way it should be in heal relationships. And the words of, of the wise spread life. When we speak lovingly, we spread wisdom. We spread the wisdom that we have learned to other people. And we're able to spread the good news of Jesus. Words spoken in love do marvelous things. We read about this in the New Testament. And again, I need your help here. Paul writes in Ephesians, speaking the truth in love, to become in every respect, that is Christ. Speak words of love. When we speak words of love, we grow together. We are built up together in the faith. We are able to encourage one another in the faith. When we speak words of love, we're able to, to help each other grow into who we're supposed to be in Jesus Christ. And we're able to help people become part of the body of Christ. Paul also writes, Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Our words need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Our words need to be filled with life and love from the Holy Spirit, speaking words and being used by the Holy Spirit to speak life and love into other people's lives. Jesus himself says in Luke, <clears throat> a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. Allow your heart to be filled with the love of Jesus Christ. When your heart is filled with the love of Jesus Christ, you're able to speak out words of love to other people. And we choose to speak words of love to others. And when speaking words lovingly, we're able to speak the love of Jesus into the lives of others. When we use our words badly, bad things happen. When we use our words badly, pain and hurt happens. People get hurt. Lives can be ruined with just our words. We can do damage that's so irreparable that scars run deeper than we might ever realize. At the same time, when we use our words lovingly, amazing things happen. When we choose to use our words badly, we, we can hurt people. But when we choose the words are used lovingly, we can speak life into the lives of other people. So how do we do that? How do we speak life? <clears throat> how do you speak life? As followers of Jesus Christ, we are called 
to speak life into the lives of other people. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are to speak life. And to be honest, it's really hard to do. Somebody says something, and you want to be really quick and witty and say something really fast and not think about it real quick. Or somebody says something kind of mean, and you really just want to let them have it. I am so glad I have medication that gives me a filter. And it's just, I struggle with this, though. I struggle at times with, with knowing what to say, how to say it, and speak in life. It's a common thing. It's hard to choose to speak life. So how do we do it? I think James says it well. <clears throat> Everyone should be Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God deserves. The righteousness that God deserves. Wow. Back in 2012, I was pastoring in South Dakota. And I learned that my grandmother was very ill and had days to hours to live. So we packed up the car. And it was late at night, and we started driving and driving and driving. And it was 6.30 a.m. in Avon, Colorado, in the mountains, that I received the phone call. My grandmother had passed. And so we started to drive more, and to drive, and to drive, and to drive. And we're in Utah, and as we're driving through Utah, by the way, there's a stretch in Utah, you can go 80 miles an hour. And as we're driving through Utah, I'm on the phone. Use a headpiece, don't actually hold the phone. And I'm texting, don't text and drive. And I'm talking with people, trying to let people know about my grandmother passing, and I'm trying to talk with my brother, and I'm telling my brother, please don't, don't let people make decisions without me being there. I want to be there to help make decisions. This is important to me. And so we drove, and we drove, and we got to California, Southern California, uh, where my grandmother was at, my family lives, late at night, and we're in the hotel room, and I found out that, that all the decisions that I wanted to be a part of had been made. And I was furious. I was mad. So I got up my phone, and I texted my brother very angrily, and I stopped, and I erased it. And I texted again very angrily, and I stopped, and I erased it. I think I did that eight times. Finally, I texted him, I'm proud of you. I later learned from my brother that when you read that text, he cried. What had happened was, for some reason, my brother was the only one making all the decisions for funeral arrangements and everything that had to be made for the death of my grandmother. I didn't know that. It could have been a very volatile powder keg of a situation. One of those eight angry texts could have set things off completely in the wrong direction. It would not have brought glory to God. And I'm not trying to make myself out to be the hero because I wanted to send those texts. What I'm saying, though, is, is the fact that when we speak, we have to be able to speak life and glorify God in what we say. And looking at our passage, we see the importance of speaking life. So how do we do that? First, think before you speak. Think before you speak. Now, now, this sounds simple enough. This sounds simple enough to think before you speak. But, but to tell the truth, how many times have you been talking, 
three sentences from after where your brain said, for the love, please stop talking. How many times, you know, have you had it where, where you just blurt something out or, or, or you put something on Facebook or you type something out in an email and press send and all of a sudden you realize, I shouldn't have done that. But it's out there. The bell's been rung and you can't unring a bell. I've learned that lesson. When I was pastoring in South Dakota, our church had a giant bell in the bell tower. And at the PM services, I got to ring the bell. Okay, I thought it was cool. And so we had this giant rope, and I'd take the rope, and I'd pull it down, and the bell would swing and go gong, and the whole town would hear the bell. And I learned that once that rope was pulled and the bell swung, you could not unring the bell. The same is true when we speak. We can't unring that bell. It's interesting. Verse 6 says, The house of the righteous contains great treasure, but the income of the wicked brings ruin. The idea of the righteous are those who follow God's word, and the wicked are those who do what they can to harm others and put themselves first. So take a moment and pause before you speak. A brief pause can bring riches to the lives of others. A brief pause can bring riches to the lives of others. What, what do you do when someone trolls you on Facebook big time? What do you do when you get a mean email from somebody? What do you do when somebody says something to you that hurts? Think before you speak. I have what I call a 24-hour rule when it comes to emails. When I get an email that might be a little bit harsh, when I get an email that's really important, I take 24 hours to sit down and to think through it before giving my answer, because I want to give an answer that can speak life and glorify God. And it's not because I'm trying to make myself out to be good here. It's I've learned it the hard way to take that time to answer an email. A brief pause is helpful in thinking things through. And in doing so, you can touch the lives of others and bring riches to their lives. When you think before you speak, you can help others see that, that you care about what they're saying. And you care about who they are. And you're thinking a way to thoughtfully respond. Secondly, build others up. Build others up. With a harsh Start up in a conversation, you tear people down. But with a gentle, soft conversation, you can build people up. A gentle answer turns away wrath. You can be able to speak and to build people up in your words, in your language. When we speak life, we speak wisdom into other people's lives, and we allow people to speak life into our lives and wisdom into our lives. We see this in verse 5. A fool spurns a parent's discipline, but whoever heeds correction shows prudence. It's interesting to note that the English word for discipline is related to the English word for disciple and discipleship. To disciple somebody is to teach them, to instruct them, to show them the proper ways of, of doing things. To discipline is to teach, to correct. And so we have those two words that work together. And we can either allow it to help us grow and be built up, or we can spurn it and ignore it. Being built up involves correction. Being built up involves correction. 
On August 14, 1173, the foundation for the Leaning Tower of Pisa was laid down. But by 1178, during the second phase of construction, it was already noticed that the tower was leaning. This was due to unstable soil on one side and a thin foundation for the building. For over 200 years, as they worked on the Tower of Pisa piecemeal, different architects and different builders had their hand at building up this building, this tower. And in fact, what they started doing was making one side longer and taller than the other side, so actually it curves a little bit. In 1990, the Tower of Pisa had a 5.5 degree lean to it, and it was estimated by 2007 it would fall over completely. So between 1990 and 2001, they did retcon and construction and work on the Tower of Pisa, and that by 2001 it had a 3.9 degree lean to it safe, secure. It wasn't straight up and straight down, but it was still taking care of some cosmetic work needs to be done, but it was its own unique thing. When we allow discipline and correction to our lives by the wise, and as we allow ourselves to be corrected and worked on by God, by the power of His Holy Spirit, we become something unique. We become who we're supposed to be in Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. We, we, we may not always be in the best shape, but we're stabilized and still being worked on. Finally, in order to speak life, we need to listen to what's being said. We need to listen to what's being said. In all of this, God is listening and watching and paying attention. We see this in verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. God is paying attention. He's paying attention to the good, the bad, and the ugly. He's paying attention to the wise and to the foolish. One of the biggest differences between the wise and the fool in these passages, in this passage, is that the wise pay attention to what's going on, while the fool is oblivious to it all. The wise hear when angry words are being spoken. The wise know when to speak knowledge and wisdom into other people's lives. The wise know when to listen to what's being said so they're able to respond. The fool doesn't know that. They're oblivious to it. Which makes you wonder sometimes, what about us? How do we listen? How do we pay attention? How are we focusing on what's going on? Are we truly listening to what's being said? Or do we interrupt somebody speaking because we had an idea three minutes ago and they haven't stopped talking yet and we really wanted to say it? This, that brings up the question, are you actually listening or just waiting to speak? Are you listening or just waiting to speak? In speaking life, we need to listen in order to know what to say and what to speak and how to speak life. If we're just waiting to speak, we gush folly. We're fools. But if we're willing to listen and pay attention... We know what needs to be said and how to give a gentle answer that turns away wrath. How to speak with soothing words that become a tree of life. How to be able to speak wisdom and correction to someone else's life. Are you listening to what's being said or just waiting to speak? How are you speaking life to someone else? Choose to speak life. 
choose to speak life. Words can hurt, but also words can help. Words can tear down, and words can build up. When we choose to speak words of love, speak life into other people's lives, we're able to speak the words of Jesus into people's lives and proclaim the gospel message in what we say and how we say it. When we speak life, we speak in words of love. So speak life this week. Speak into the lives of others the life of Jesus Christ and speak life and speak love. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, let us be able to speak life this week. Let us be able to speak life into the lives of others, speak life into the lives of our loved ones. Help us to be able to see how we can speak life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.